So we're going to talk today about experiencing an encounter with God. Because you know, God's not a one-time touch. He's a touch that wants to stay with you. And he wants to keep touching us. He wants to still keep uh, having encounters with us. And they, they get bigger and bigger and greater and greater as we grow in the Lord. He's able to unveil and tell us secrets about ourselves that we don't even know ourselves. But we have to open our heart to receive him and to allow him to come into our lives and have an encounter. How many of you want an encounter with the Lord? You know, they talk about, you know, uh, people that you, famous people that you would like to meet. Who, who's somebody that you would like to meet, a famous person that you would like to, uh, you know, like have dinner with? Sometimes you can, you can buy a dinner date with one of a, you know, for like $10,000 or something like that. You know, you can see the president for $25,000. You can get a meal and see him talk up there. And then, you know, he might say hello to you. I, I had a friend that, from work, that he was in the motorcade with the president when they went to Las Vegas. He was one of 10 drivers. He didn't actually drive the president, but he was there driving. And so they did. They said, well, all the drivers come and we'll take a picture uh, with the president and then, uh, you know, we, we'll give it to you. So guess what he did? He got right in next to the president. <laughs> put his arm around him like that and just smiled. <laughs> so when he came back, he photoshopped it and he cut out the 10 people that were on the side. <laughs> so it was only him and he puts, I mean, he puts it like a shrine in his office, like here I am with my best friend, right? <laughs> but guess what? We get to meet and be with a God who knows everything. There's nobody more important, more famous, more influential than God himself. We should be running to get to meet with him and be with him. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to unveil your word to us, to allow us to experience an encounter with you. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're going to meet us where we're at right now and that we can uh, align ourselves, position ourselves to see you meet us in a very special way and touch our heart so that we may see the glory of God. And all the church said, amen. amen. Well, God wants to meet and be with his people. Did you know that? Amen. All through the Bible, we see that. In Genesis, it says, Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. So God was walking through the garden and he was talking to them. They heard the voice of the Lord, and they listened, and, well, they didn't obey, but they listened to the voice of the Lord, right? The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. This is before the Holy Spirit was there, you know, ministering to them, before Jesus, where they were in a position to receive from the Lord, but Enoch walked with God. That's amazing, isn't it? So surely we should be able to walk with God. And God loved Enoch so much, he was there walking. They said, well, let's go to my house. It's closer than your house, and we'll just keep, you know, walk on. Can you imagine what the family must have thought? Well, where's Enoch? I don't know. He gets out there. He starts walking with God. I don't know. Let's go try to find him. Can't find him. Where'd he go? He just walked on up into heaven. Amen. God wants to fellowship with us. Can you feel that? That he wants to fellowship with us so much? The Bible says, and it's not mentioned too much, but Noah walked with God. So surely we should be able to walk with God. Amen? So in this series, we're going to look at people in the Bible to inspire us how to walk with God, how to have an encounter with him, and how to experience what um, God wants for us. So we look at these people. Let's look at Abraham. Now, in Genesis 12:1, it talks about the, Now the Lord had said to Abram, 
What does that grammatically say? Had said. Is that past, present, or future? Past tense. The Lord had said to Abram. But Abram didn't do it right away. Can anybody relate to that? God tells you to do something. You say, well, you know, Lord, not, not really able to do that right now. Maybe we'll check back with me in a couple months. Maybe we can forgive that person. Maybe we can talk to that person. Maybe we can be nice to that person. But not right now, Lord. I don't think I can do it. So Abram ignored the Lord in the beginning because the Bible says he had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. So he had to get out from among his father. Why is that? Because his father was a pagan worshiper, and all the household was. He was in a land that was surrounded by idol worshipers. That's the way I was when the Lord touched me. I was worshiping that, you know, the drug center of Huntington Beach. <laughs> the Lord said, come out from among them. Amen. In fact, I got a job with Johnson & Johnson's baby products at the time and they knew that principle and they're they're in the world they said we're going to put you up in a hotel for a month and we're going to teach you about the company and we're going to keep you away from your friends just at the time that I got saved I go how holy coincidental is that God wants to separate me and they used a company to do that and so after a couple of weeks I begged him please just let me go on the weekend to play some some baseball or something. I mean, come on. And they said, okay, we'll let you, but you got to study during the week. So God wants to take us away from where we're experiencing the friends that would bring us down, the situations that are tearing us and, and eating at our righteous soul. So get away from your father and from your family, from your father's house. So Abram waited till his father died before he obeyed the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? Okay, let's hear the next verse. And I will bless you I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Wow, what a promise that is, huh? What if the Lord appeared to you and said, I'm, I'm going to make your name great. I, I'm going to bless you and bless you and bless you. You say, sign me up for that. Amen? And let's see what it says, the next verse says. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. That's a good promise right there. You don't have to fight your battles anymore. People curse you. <laughs> you in trouble. <laughs> God going to get you. I can't get you, but God knows how to get it real, real good. Amen. So the Bible says what vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. He'll fight your battles for you. So whenever people come against me, I just make sure I stay in under the anointing, stay under his presence, keep a good attitude and watch the Lord work. You know, we've had people that lived around us, and, you know, they were partying and doing drugs and stuff like that, and I just, you know, we just said, Father, you take care of this. We had one, uh, we lived at one place, they had a bar right next to our, our, where we lived in our condominium, so every day I walked by, and I said, I curse you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the establishment, not the people. And sure enough, I don't know, it, how long did it take? It probably took, uh, four or five months, all of a sudden they closed the doors, they got it all boarded up. I'm going like, whoa, <laughs> hallelujah, this thing works. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he says, and now here's the good part. You ready for this? This is Abram way like 4,000 years ago. And in you, who are you, Abram? All the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's us. All the seed of Abraham shall be blessed. 
It's said here in Galatians, next, uh, if you are Christ, how many of you are Christ? Then you're, a, okay, we got one, one person here, two people back there. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What's the promise? You're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field, you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. God will watch over you, he'll bless you, he'll bless those that bless you, he'll curse those that curse you. Hallelujah, what a, what a joy ride that is. <laughs> what, a, what a way to live, okay? I'm protected, I'm insulated, I have a peace and, and I can walk around and know that God's fighting my battles for me. Amen? The battle is the Lord's. Okay, so let's look at this. So we go on. And we're going to get to the part about the encounter. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, who is that? Us. Us is, right? I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. What did he do? He built an altar. What is an altar anyway? It's a special place that you designate to meet with God. Now, in our way... It could be anywhere. It could be a spare bedroom. It could be an office. It could be a, a sofa that you have. It could be a patio. It could be outside in the backyard. It could be anywhere you designate a place for the Lord to meet you. Isn't that what Jesus said? He says, when you pray, go into your room or your closet in a secret place and pray. And the Lord who sees in the secret place will reward you how? Openly. So people say, well, how come the Lord's blessing them and he's not blessing me? Do you have a secret place? Do you have a place where you can go and talk to the Lord and meet him every day? Because, you know, he wants to make an appointment with you. Did you know that? Let's look at this here. Here's the Lord appearing to Abram. And what a glorious moment that is when the glory of the Lord is upon you, right? You've had those experiences when the Lord just supernaturally comes upon you. Do you ever have that in the middle of the day? You're walking around all of a sudden, oh, yes, Lord, thank you. Praise God, hallelujah. They used to call that a quickening, you know, in our church. Oh, yeah, what's going on? I don't know. I used to wonder, what in the world is that? <laughs> Darlene, you know about that, right? And some of the spirits, oh, excuse me. And so, uh, but now, so what, the next slide is, so after that glorious experience, Abraham builds an altar because what? He wanted God to come and back and minister to him and talk to him and be with him. And that's what we do. When we experience God, we say, okay, Lord, we want you to come back. I'll meet you here the next day, the next morning, wherever it is, whatever time you've, you've chosen, so that we can have a special time. So what is a devotional time? It's a place where you encounter God. Do you have a special place? I mean, do you have a special place? Yes, yes, where it's just designated, you know, just for you and the Lord, and he meets you there. You know, I was telling people, I have a, we have a spare bedroom that I go, and I lay down, and I used to think that was unspiritual, but then I saw David said, I lie upon my bed and meditate upon you, so I said, okay, it's okay, just you can't fall asleep, <laughs> you know. Some people get stuck there, and they, they go to church there, where it's, they call it the, uh, the church of the bedside manor. It, Baptist bedside, that's what they call it, yeah. The, the, the church of the, of the heavy sheets, you know, I just can't get up. But when you go there, and, and I, I pray to God, and I set a special time, he meets me there, and as you're praying, the anointing of the Lord gets in the sheets. 
Did you know that? Have you ever, you know Irie, right? Why, how is that? I don't know, but in the, in the New Testament, Paul said uh, when he was praying and when he was ministering, they did, they, they took the handkerchiefs off of his body and some of the clothing and they would take it to the people and they would place it upon sick people and they got healed. Why? Because God can dwell in cloth, in clothing. That's why the woman said, if I can touch just the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And I tell the story about Smith Wigglesworth, who was ministering at a church for a week, and the people that were keeping him said, well, you can sleep in our bed, and we'll sleep in the spare bedroom. He said, okay, if that's what you want. And then at the end of the week, the wife said, you know, my husband's not saved. Would you pray for him? And he just said to her, don't worry about it. Just don't change the sheets. <laughs> so the next night, he got in bed. The husband did. And he, whoa, he got up. He got on his knees and said, Lord, I just thank you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to, to, to you know, let me be part of your, your family, your kingdom. He dedicated himself to the Lord from the sheets. There's a story about Smith Wigglesworth also on a train ride. And you know how in those trains they had a cabin used to sit into, I, when, I was in, when I went to Italy, I sat in one of those cabins where there's like four or six people that are sitting there and you're real close to each other. And um, uh, <laughs> I sat next to an Italian lady one time and she looked really beautiful and I was looking at her real close and I go, she's got hairy legs. How's that? She's got what? Hairy legs. <laughs> I said, what kind, of, what kind of country is this? <laughs> oh, it's my country, all right. <laughs> but anyway, this one guy gets in, this, in the cabin with Smith Wigglesworth, and he's there for about 10 minutes, and he gets up, and he slams the door. He says, sir, you convict me of sin, and walked out. Why? Because when you got the Holy Ghost around you, amen, he insulates you, and he talks with you. So uh, a devotional time is a place where you encounter God, an appointment time, a date meeting. You meet God at a certain time, or you tell him you're going to meet him, he'll be there yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. Sometimes he'll call you, come and meet with me. Amen? He is faithful, exactly. It's where you're going to spend time with God. You know, my wife likes a date meeting with me. You know, let's make a time that we can be together. Like we go to, to the Dodger games. That's her date night. It used to be a movie and uh, a dinner but, you know, movie theaters are kind of dangerous now. <laughs> it's true, huh? So, so we're, we're pretty good at the Dodger game, so we're, we're fine. And it's amazing because we pay $40 to sit in a seat like this <laughs> and watch the game. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? You enjoying yourself? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're at home, we can just like, hey, all right, you know, you know. The food's cheaper at home, you know. But it's our date night, okay? We go for the bobbleheads. We're collectors of bobbleheads. This is our date, okay? And the better the bobblehead, the better the date, okay? <laughs> so anyway, we're going to see Sandy Koufax this time. Everybody loves Sandy Koufax, right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so what is the devotional time? It's a solitude time. It's hard to be calm and quiet these days, isn't it? There's so many things that distract us, the phone, the email, the children want us, the job's calling us, things happen, but we have to find a time where we can be alone with God. And what did Jesus do? He said, he, the disciples said, he got up a great while before day. 
That's like the fourth watch between three and six. He got up to go pray. And do you think his disciples went with him? The sleepy disciples, you think they went with him? <laughs> go ahead, Jesus, go ahead. <laughs> you, you, you pray, and then you come back and tell us what we're supposed to do. Praise the Lord. So a solitude time is a time when you spend alone with God. And intimacy, what does that mean? Into me, you see, right? And intimacy with God is when you are spending time with him, alone with him. And you know what? A lot of us like to be just so cute. It's so pretty, you know? We're Christians. We have our Bibles, and we carry it around like we read it or something. And, and then we have... <laughs> we put our arm around our wives just to pretend like, you know, we love each other. And... and you know, we have our kids there like they obey us and everything. And we just pretend like we're Christians. Hallelujah. And you ask the person, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with heaven's best, not taking anything less. You know, God's on my side. I'm the head and not the tail. The devil is a liar. And okay, all right, praise God. You bad, you bad. <laughs> but really, you have to get ugly with the Lord. In a, in a sense, what I'm saying is you have to let your ugliness show. God, I don't know why I'm this way. I don't know why I get angry. I don't know why I have resentment. Why am I, why am I doing this? Lord, help me. Be, be, change me from the inside. And that's being intimate with the Lord so that he can change you. Because if he changes you, then you're a Christian. If you come to church and you act all holy and everything, and you go and you live your life just any way you want, it's not changing your attitudes or your behaviors or, or your priorities. What is that? That's religion. I'm a Christian in name, but I'm not a Christian in doing. The Bible says only the doer is blessed. So we have intimacy. We have fellowship with the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what fellowship is? Two fellas in the same ship. I mean, it's a closeness that you have with each other. You fellowship with the Lord. It's a communion. It's a, it's a, a give and take. You talk to the Lord. You ask him to talk back to you. It's a closeness. You want to be close to the Lord. Because you have a love relationship with God, amen? You love him. Don't you want to spend time with the people that you love? It's a desire to want to be with them. Sometimes you have to work at it, at loving them. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, okay? Uh, it's a secret time with him. He said, come and I'll show you secrets that you know not of. Isn't that nice? So our success is based on our devotion with him. We can't declare all kinds of things, say, well, the Lord's going to bless me. The Lord's going to take care of me. I'm going to prosper. And, all that. and you don't have a devotional time. You have no foundation. You have no power. You have no strength to put power to the words that you're speaking. See, when you have a devotional time, that's where your life changes. That's where you have strength. That's where you have commitment. That's where you have consistency in your life. That's where you have passion. And your emotions are under control. And you have growth in the Lord. It comes from that quiet time that you spend when nobody's around, nobody's watching, just you and him. And he's imparting into you the things that make you make a change in your life. And that's where your success comes. So measure yourself. How is your faith? How is your obedience, your mercy towards others? Are you merciful towards others? You hear saints say, well, I just can't forgive them. What? He, has the Lord forgiven you? Has he sh shied back from forgiving you? Well, yeah, I know, but you should see what they're doing. Well, didn't Jesus say, Father, they know not what they do? They're blind. They're doing things that, you know, are not godly. But so what do we do, write them off? Or do we do something to make a difference in their life? Look at our forgiveness. How about our patience? 
Is our devotional times making us patience? Because that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. Praise God. See, so sometimes, you know, you ever, you go to the doctors and they, do, they give you a blood test to find out what's on the inside of us. We might think everything's fine. Yeah, we had the donuts at church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we popped those little cream puffs in our mouth, you know. Two, three, four of them, no problem, yeah. Do the fast food thing, you know. Hallelujah. What you going to order? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hamburger, french fries, and a Coke. Diet Coke, of course. And, and then you wonder, after five or ten years of doing this, you go to the blood, uh, you get a blood test, and the doctor says, oh my, here's the problem. You got high sugar level. You got high blood pressure level. You got high cholesterol. You're in trouble. So, but I feel fine. Everything, I don't, you know, I, look at, I'm, I'm good. But you don't really know what's happening on the inside. So we may go around and think everything's fine. You know, I'm a Christian, praise the Lord. But little by little, things are tearing away at our foundation. And we need to get rebuilt in the Lord and allow his grace to flow through us. Praise God. So um, you can't prophesy and ask for God to do all these great things if you don't have an altar time, a devotional time. That's where your success, that's where God makes things happen. That's where he makes you what you're not, and he gives you what you don't have. How can you change? How can you move to the next level if you can just keep doing the same thing over and over? But let God come in and impart unto us a difference so that we can be like him. That's our goal, isn't it? Be like Christ. Would your neighbor say, oh, that's a, that's a godly man, I can tell. Well, how can you be a godly man if you, if you don't forgive people, if you don't overlook their faults, if you don't love them or get into their uh, uh, situations and help them? So we have to let God get on the inside and change us, to wash us, to cleanse us, to heal us, and to deliver us. So altar moments change our life. Praise God. So you can't have an altar moment without your life being changed, without your marriage being better, without your job being better, without your body being better, without your finances being better. We like to go to God and say, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Bless my house, bless my job, bless my wife, bless my kids. I need some money. God bless you. I'll talk to you later. Right? This is not a fast order, you know, place where you just say, okay, Lord, I need this, I need that. So a lot of us seem to think, just speaking like maybe to others, those that are hearing this on the, on the seat, oh, I wanted to tell you, you know what? We're in, believe it or not, the messages that go forth are in 44 different countries in 200 cities all over the world. Praise God. We've had over, Dominic tells me, over 500 hits since the beginning of January. So people are listening to us in Argentina, Chile, Germany, Australia, so it's going to be hard to get them here, but they can listen. So when we spend our time with the Lord, a lot of people think, well, it's, I, I don't have time. It's unimportant to me. It's not essential. Uh, but you can tell how strong a Christian you are by the time that you spend with the Lord. So the Bible says in Genesis 12:8, as we read, or uh, yeah, just go to 12:8. Here's the benefits. I'm sorry, go back one. Here's the benefits of a devotional time. We get strength, we get comfort, we get direction, we get wisdom, we get faith, and we get favor. Who 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 doesn't want that? It's not by osmosis. 
You know, it's a discipline. It's a dedication. It's a hunger. It's a desire to want God to minister and, and manifest himself through us. So that it doesn't happen just accidentally. Oh, I just happen to walk into the presence of God. I just happen to walk into his favor. No, it's a, it's a determination. So uh, here's the, uh, the next slide in Genesis 12, 8. It says, talking about Abraham. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai, and on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So a couple things in here. He moved from there and built another altar. So just because we have an altar in our house, a secret place, we have to move that altar to when we get in the car, right? You keep that presence going. When you go to your job, you have your office and you have everything set up where you're still in the presence of the Lord. You move. You just don't leave it. You don't forget it. You don't abandon it. You don't forsake it. You keep the presence of the Lord on you and in you. And that's what I've learned to do. You don't just have an altar and then go on and live your whole life. Because people ask me all the time, would you pray for me or put me on or pray for me or put me on your prayer list and everything or pray for this and I'm thinking where's, where's your altar time <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't you be praying I mean I'll help you I'll agree with you but you have the same access to the father as I do right but I've learned you want me to agree with you I'll agree with you so I don't have to do a tw wait till I get to you know, nighttime or daytime and do a 20-minute prayer, I'm in fellowship with the Lord, so I just say, Lord, bless that person. Lord, as they requested unto you, let it be done unto them. And I see God work with just a simple little prayer like that because you're in constant fellowship. You move your altar from place to place. Like Abram, he didn't just leave it in his country. He said, I'm moving, I'm building another altar. And he built it. Come on, talk to me. He could have got his servants to build it, could have got his wife to build it. I don't know if that would have worked, but... Little flowers and little frilly stuff. <laughs> but you have to build your own altar. You can't have mama pray for you. You can't have your brothers pray for you. You have to pray for yourself. Right? I had a lady that went to the hospital and she prayed for someone and she said, Can you come and pray too? And I said, I trust your prayers. I trust what you pray. I agree with you. I believe that as you prayed, God heard your prayer just like he heard my prayer. I agree with you. I try, I've seen God work. You know, when I was in this, our first church and I was in charge of pastoral care over 500 people and I prayed for everybody. You know, everybody that had a problem, I'd go and pray for them. And uh, they got healed. And then uh, the pastor said, you know, you're going to wear yourself out. I go, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. He said, you know, pray over the elders and, ha and send them out. I said, that'll never work. You know, they, they don't know what I know. How, how, how can they, you know... He said, just do it, okay? So I called them together, okay, boys, <laughs> men, <laughs> I'm sending you out. <laughs> we prayed, and they went out, and they prayed for the sick in the hospitals and in their homes, and guess what? The people got healed. I was shocked. Oh, my God. God uses them, too? Just like when we had that healing class, we prayed, and we brought people up. You pray for this person, you pray for that person, and they were getting healed. It's not you know, regulated to the, the pulpit area here. This is supposed to go out to the streets. Go ye into all the world. That means as you go, pray for people. See people get delivered. Praise God. So he moved and uh, uh, he, he built an altar, his own, and then he called on the name of the Lord. I like this. What is the name of the Lord? Help me, church. Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Shaddai. There's a lot of names of the Lord, right? 
Pick one. What do you need in your life? Because God revealed to the, to the people of God what they needed at the time. What do you need at the time? Call on the name of the Lord. That's his name. That's what he does. That's what he'll do for you. That's what he'll perform for you. You might hear he's a healer. I heard you heal other people, but how about me? Let's get this into my heart, into my spirit, so I can see God work in my behalf. Amen? Can't go on somebody else's testimony. Yeah, that was good for them, but what did you do? That's why I always ask people. What did you do to get the presence of the Lord? That one lady that got healed of tinnitus, she had tinnitus for over 10 years. I said, what? and she said, all of a sudden, it just went away. I go, what did you do? She said, I just kept confessing. I just kept bringing it up to the Lord, that he is a healer. I brought up the name of the Lord. So whatever he is, make him real in your life. He doesn't want to just be a, a, a God on paper. He wants to be real and reveal himself unto us so that we can experience him. And the only way you do that is take the words into your heart. The Bible says, my words, they're spirit, and they are truth. There's, the words are spirit. You know, when you hear a song, you know, that spirit gets on the inside of you, you start singing it. You know, you go into the department store or the grocery mart, and they, they're singing a song, and then you start, okay, and then you go home, and all of a sudden you're singing the song, you go, I thought I left that place. <laughs> it's still in there, right? So that's what you have to believe, that God is, uh, that you can call on the, upon the name of the Lord, that he has promises to us. Next slide. Then they came to the place, this is the last uh, point in the altar. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound his son Isaac, his only son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Isn't that crazy? So I don't know, I don't know where uh, Abraham's wife is in all this time, Sarah, so you're going to do what? <laughs> Sacrifice? But what did, what did Abram do? He sacrificed what was dear to him. And we have to sacrifice what's dear to us. We have to give up things that, um, that we want to have. And when you do sacrifice what is dear to you, God will reward you. And he'll bless you. And then he revealed to him that he is Jehovah um, Jireh. My provider. He says, not only will I provide for you this moment, a lamb for your sacrifice, I'll provide for you for all of your life. Who, who wouldn't want that? Because he said, let's see the next verse. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know. You, you think God would have known before, right? But he had to prove it. We have to prove our love for the Lord. Lord, I just love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Can you forgive that person? No, but I love you. <laughs> Lord, I said, can you just do what I say? Can you just be kind to the people that are unkind to you? Can you just do the word of God? I know, for now, now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from you. What are you withholding from the Lord? What are you holding on to? What do you, what do you say is yours and you're not willing to kill yourself for. Kill your personality. The, the greatest revelation we can have about life in Christ is bang, bang, you're dead. <laughs> All right? Your life is dead in Christ, alive unto God. I mortify my members. Paul said, I die how often? Daily. Daily. Not once a week. <laughs> Not once in a while. Not when I have a holy moment. <laughs> Not when God just 
takes hold of me. I die daily. You get up and said, okay, I'm dead today, right? And I give myself to you. So what we need to do, and as, I, as we pray, is to know that God wants us. And as we go through these four weeks, we're going to find out these people, these old patriarchs that gives us a type and shadow of what we're, how we're supposed to live, how we can be close to him, have an experience and encounter with him. Because I'm here to tell you, if you make an appointment time with the Lord, you tell him I'll be here at 7 o'clock, and he'll be there waiting for you. Amen? It's like when we go to the Dodger game, it says, okay, the game starts at 7.10, and that's what time we're starting, whether you're there or not. And God's there at 7 o'clock waiting for us whether we're there or not. And so he says he misses our time with him. And when uh, Sean's coming around, he's going to play a song that Helen Baylor made famous, I Miss My Time With You. How many of you are familiar with Helen Baylor? Okay. Yeah, big Tommy's. The veterans, praise the Lord. This was in the 80s or 90s. And uh, she sings a song that's so touching that it really penetrates our heart. Oh, before we do, let's, let's see the five effects, okay, of altar times that we discussed today. It's one, a place where the Lord can appear to you. Amen? It's a place that you build yourself. It's a place where you can call upon the name of the Lord. It's a place that moves with you. It's not a stationary, but it moves with you as you go throughout life. And it's a place where you can sacrifice things that are okay with you. I mean, not okay with you. And God is wanting to kill those parts of our bodies. Praise God. Amen. You ready? Here's the song. Just close your eyes and enjoy. Beside him, where once I used to wait, to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day, I would have passed him by again, but I clearly heard him say, I miss my time. Those moments together I need to be with you each day But it hurts me when you say You're too busy Too busy trying to serve me How can you serve me when you're Message has 
Hallelujah. Can you hear the heart of the Lord in that? That he really wants to spend time with us. He created us for fellowship and communion with him. So the invitation today for the altar call is, if you're in that position, you say, you know what, I've been neg neg negligent in wanting to spend time with the Lord or finding time, and that you want to ask the Lord to help you find that quiet place, find that time that where you can make an appointment with him and just be quiet and gentle with him and let him speak to your heart. So if that's you, just raise your hand. We're going to pray where you are at your seats. I see hands all over. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's, there's the Holy Spirit is here to help you with that. So let's repeat after me. Say, Father God, 
I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Father, we know our lives are busy. They're cluttered with all kinds of things. But there's nothing more important than spending time with you. So we ask you, Lord, to come into our heart, to grab us, and to teach us to fellowship with you, spend time with you. We, we ask you to meet us at the appointed time that we designate and that you'll be faithful to be with us and show us great and mighty things that we know not of. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Did you get your money's worth today? <laughs> we want God, don't we? Amen. Are you ready for your blessing? The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace and rest all the days of your life. May God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.